everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Cajun Conservative, where we talk about life, we talk about liberty, and we talk about the pursuit of happiness. And we're showing the world that, yes, Cajuns do have intelligence. I'm going to go ahead and start this episode off right. You know, we released these episodes on Monday, and if you're hearing this on a Monday, happy Memorial Day. You know, a lot of people look at this day, Memorial Day, as a day to have an extra day off. Or to go ahead and have a barbecue with your family because, hey, we have another day off. It is a three-day weekend. And yes, I do look at this as a three-day weekend. I am off on Monday. And the, the, but a lot of people are taking this as the wrong idea, in my opinion. Memorial Day, to me, is remembering the men and the women that have fallen at the hands of war. I made a statement a while back that I hate war. When Israel and Hamas was going ahead and attacking each other, I, I, I saw that as horrible. You know, I was on the side of Israel, and it's horrible to me that, like, terrorist group will go into a village and stuff and hide behind these kids and, and let the media, look, see media, the, the Israel's bad or whoever's bad, but there's, there's people that die in these wars. And there's a lot of civilians, but a lot of them are soldiers. And, you know, I'm using that as an example. But us as here in the American, you know, homeland, a lot of people that wore the uniform I, I sacrificed more than their lives. But because before their lives were taken, they had to leave their families. And we do have a day for that as well. We have Veterans Day. We talk about everyone that's, that is a veteran or that has served in the military. Now, I look at Memorial Day just not as the ones that have died in, uh, in battle. I also look at the ones that have fallen after they left battle. Um, I have had two of my family members last year pass away. And they were both Vietnam veterans. And we miss them dearly to the day. But they served, and they, they, they're, they're honored soldiers. They have fallen. They didn't fall in, they didn't fall in battle, but they did, they did still wear the uniforms, and we remember them this day. And Memorial Day, to me, is just not a day that we just get together and barbecue, or just a day that we get together and hang out and we, we have a day off of work. I look at it a lot more than that. I look at it as a day to remember our fallen heroes. The men and women that sacrificed, they paid the ultimate sacrifice for us to have freedom. And when I talk like this, I, I understand why I care so much about our flag. And I care so much about what it represents. It represents our way of life. It represents our freedoms. It represents everything that we, you know, we push towards as American citizens in a country. And when I hear of men and women, and I know I'm going back on, I'm beating a dead horse, some people might say, but it really upsets me when I hear athletes and professional actors and, and liberals all together saying that they do not honor the flag or they don't. And people on this podcast might say, well, Isaac, they never protest the flag. If you go listen to Colin Kaepernick, right when he started this so-called protest of kneeling of the national anthem, 
He did say that. He, his words were, I cannot stand for a flag that represents all this stuff like racism and all, all this stuff. You can find the video. And when somebody says, well, we're, we're not protesting flag. We're protesting the national anthem. Well, the national anthem is supposed to represent the flag. Did you ever hear what the national anthem uh, words are? The Star Spangled Banner? It was not talking about a piece of cloth. It was, it was not talking just about a, a, a piece of fabric. It was talking about the flag. And that's why it was chosen for the national anthem, in my opinion. But, folks, you, when I hear people dishonoring our country by dishonoring the national anthem and the flag, it spits on the graves of our, our fallen heroes. Because they gave their life for this country, and it was represented through the flag. Every soldier that I know was taught to respect the flag because that represented our freedoms. That represented our way of life here in the United States. And it, 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 that's why I get angry when I talk about this subject because I remember the men and women. Look, I remember the men and women that are still in the uh, military right now. I got friends that I have a friend in one particular that is serving overseas. His wife is home with their children. And they have not, the children and her have not seen him in over, I think over half a year already. Time's flying by. And this is the sacrifice that these men and these women are bringing to the table. They are, they, 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 they chose to serve this country. And they left behind their families. That's a, that's a sacrifice. And unfortunately, a lot of them paid the ultimate sacrifice by giving their life for this country. If you listen on Brothers Just Searching a few weeks ago, we had an Army vet come into our studio and give his testimony of when he was in Vietnam, of the times that God spared him. And this, this man, Brother Blackie Guidry, told us his heart. He just told us what he, what he went through. And folks, this is a this is a touchy subject for me because I know this man personally. He went through a great deal and told us about men and women that put their lives on the line to keep us free. For what I'm doing here, like when I start talking about the Second Amendment, yes, I'm talking about freedom of you know of the bare arms, uh, the First Amendment, the freedom of speech. These two are important. They paid to keep those freedoms there. And it's sad that the left is spitting on the graves of our veterans and spitting on the graves of so many men and women that fought to keep this country great by trying to take away our freedoms. That's a great insult. I don't know if you're a veteran out there. I don't know, you know, thank you for your service, for what you've done for us to keep us free. And I want to go ahead and tell everyone that has lost a loved one in battle. I want to talk to the soldiers that had good friends that are out there that, 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 that fought alongside these men and women. I'm praying for you. And the Cajun conservative is behind you. And we pray that through this Memorial Day that, you know, you might be listening after Memorial Day. And that's perfectly fine. But just remember this message about our fallen heroes. Coming up to Memorial Day, I just, I had to, I had to bring this out. Because our soldiers are some of the most important people in this nation. And I, I want to go ahead and say thank you if you are serving. And I want to say that I'm praying for you if you lost someone in battle. Or you got the, that, dreadful news, that dreadful news that 
your love your loved one died on the battlefield. We're praying for you here at the Cajun Conservative. All right, I want to go ahead and make um, we do have Scott Ford coming on in the second segment. Great guy. I love this dude with all my heart. Um, I was introduced to him through a mutual listener of this program and his program. And um, great, great guy, great conservative, leaning uh, fella. And we, we're going to sit down with him for a few minutes and talk about all kind of stuff. When, when me and Scott gets together, we just talk. We, we talk about, you know, Racism. We talk about critical race theory. We talk about you know you know the cancel culture, and you know we we lift each other's up. He calls us right now the the Avengers assembled. You know we're assembled, and you know I, I look at the conservative uh, Avengers. That's that's what you can maybe call us the Kirk's conservative Avengers because we're coming together to fight a common goal, and that's called the left. So we're going to be having him on the second segment. I want to go ahead and deal with a little bit today something that's happening in my home state. Now, I have a lot of listeners from Louisiana. According to Anchor.fm, the host site of this podcast, we have at least 46% of listeners from this great state of Louisiana. That's a little under than half. Now, I, I, I talk a little bit about Louisiana politics. I try to mix it in. Um, but I, I talk more about national issues because I have a lot of people from Texas. I have California. We got we got a lot of you know a lot of um, states that are mixed in. Last time I looked, I think I'm around twenty twenty five states, give or take. I haven't done a number in a while, but that was the last time I looked. So I, that's why I lean more towards national issues. But it really upsets me in my home state. Um, you know, because I'm seeing politicians turn their backs on us, the constituents of Louisiana. So this is going to my Louisiana audience right here because you're going to know what I'm talking about. Last election cycle was 2020. And we had this state just went totally Republican. Our, our, I believe is our, uh, our house has almost a supermajority, and the Senate has supermajority. As a Republican, I felt hopeful. I felt hopeful because I thought now that we will be able to stop our Democrat governor, John Bell Edwards. Because John Bell Edwards, in the four years that he was here prior to this term, Really, really hurt our state. Now, people might say, well, he took us out of a $2 billion deficit, which is hogwash. John Bell Edwards has been doing every like Bobby Jindal. And Bobby Jindal was a Republican. And I, I'm, I'm here, I remember some of the Bobby Jindal years. I, I didn't vote or anything like that. But I remember some of the Bobby Jindal year, years. And Bobby Jindal using one-time money. That was a common phrase. And it's a common phrase with this administration of government in Louisiana. Using one-time money and hoping that something happens that we can get federal aid so we can get more money in to keep our balance, uh, keep our economy balanced, our budget balanced. Because according to the Louisiana Constitution, we have to have a balanced budget. But John Bell Edwards hopes that we have a hurricane. He hopes that we have things that are going on, that we can get that one-time money in. To help us out. So I was, I, was, I was excited when I heard that Republicans, that, that Republicans took over the House and the Senate. And that we, we might have a chance 
to go ahead and change a lot of things. But unfortunately, our politics is corrupt. Jake Snyder was elected, uh, I believe, the House president by going to the Black Caucus and getting 23 Democrats to vote or 23 uh, Republicans to vote with them. And guess what? He was elected the president of the House or the, the, the Speaker of the House. And you just had a lot of backroom deals that, that got two Republicans, the leader of the House and the leader of the Senate, that are not in line with the conservative movement. They're not in line with our view of thinking. They go ahead, and right now we're in a legislative session, as a lot of states are, and bills that are going to help the Louisiana people grow and the economy to grow, they're putting in a back seat. They're going ahead and look, there's a bill that would help women's rights. That would go ahead and protect women and that men could not share a, a bathroom with women. And that's put on a back burner. But I heard on Thursday that our great legislators in, in, in Baton Rouge that said that they're not going to pass new taxes. They're going to fight John Bell Edwards. They're, they made all these promises. But every one of those Louisiana Republicans voted for a, to make permanent a seven-year tax. That was a, a temporary tax for only seven years that made it permanent. Well, Isaac, that's not a new tax. They've been having that for seven years. That ain't a new tax. Hogwash. And, folks, I am at the point right now that I am calling, I'm calling Louisiana a blue state. On paper, we're red. According to the voting constituency, we're red. Donald Trump had over 60% of the vote here in this state. Unfortunately, Bill Cassidy did as well. Which we're going to talk more about Bill Cassidy later on. He is mixed with all these Republicans that made promises and they're not keeping them. But here in the great state of Louisiana, we, are, we have a problem with Republicans coming out and saying we're not going to go ahead and put measures into place. And when they're in office, they, they do this acting down. People might ask, well, why are you not mentioning names? Because there's too many. There's way, look, I, I would spend 15 minutes mentioning all the names. The great state of Louisiana is a purple state. It's not a red state. It's not a blue state. But if you go according to the politicians, we're not even purple. We're blue. Because you have Republicans that are saying, hey, we're not going to raise taxes. Hey, we're not going to put no more bondages on you. We're going to stop everything that Mr. John Bell Edwards is doing. But John Bell Edwards is getting away with everything. I never seen this before, folks. I never seen a controlled Republican House, a controlled Republican Senate for Louisiana's government, and the governor's getting away with everything. Now, the only example I can say say why this is happening is because they believe the same way. John Alario, who is no longer in the Senate or in the House, John Alario ran. As a Democrat for years, 
but then switched up to Republican. And when people asked him, why do you switch from Democrat to Republican? He said, that's the only way I can win in this state. Did you look, that is a quote from him. John Alario, who is no longer, he, now he controlled the Senate and the house for years telling people what to do in there. He went ahead and switched from Democrat to Republican because he could not win in this state. And look, um, to all my Louisiana audience, I understand you might be thinking, well, we are, we are a red state. We vote more Republican than, than Democrat. And I agree. The constituency of the voters is red. When a, when, a, when a Republican presidential candidate gets 60% of the vote in any state, you got to say that state is majority red. But when you go ahead and vote in Republicans that say they're going to do a job and don't do it, you, you, need, you need to vote these people out. Now look, my, my representatives are Fred Mills and Pat Huval. And guess what? I voted for these guys. And you know what's sad is? They're, they're more left-leaning than anybody. I found that out after the election, of course. Because unfortunately, you're, even your good-looking host failed to do some research on the local issues. And guess what? I am looking into more of that now. Because this state, the state of Louisiana, cannot afford another Democrat governor and cannot afford Republicans like this. Look, there is a conservative caucus that has been made for the state of Louisiana. And thank God somebody finally did. Let's start getting conservatives in there, folks. Let, look, and look, this ain't just for the state of Louisiana. If you live in Texas, if you live in uh, California, if, wherever you live in these great states, start voting conservatism. Because Democrats do not help. Look. John Bell Edwards has hurt us more in this state than any other governor. Now, I might have some people in Louisiana say, what about Bobby Jindal? Yes, Bobby Jindal had, did nothing wrong. But John Bell Edwards, especially through this coronavirus crap, John Bell Edwards did not lead us in the right way. He was doing everything that the CDC told him to do, which was being led by ding, 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 the Washington Democrat establishment. This is what hurts me about it. And look, I love my state. I love the great state of Louisiana. But it's hard to hear stories coming out of Texas and coming out of Mississippi and coming out of Alabama and coming out of Florida and coming out of Georgia and coming out of Tennessee. All these states, all the sudden states that, that, that flourish through this time. Louisiana sitting dead last, almost on Every single poll of something good in this great country, Louisiana is dead last. And everything that is bad in the, in the states, Louisiana is nearly on top or is on the top. Now, I don't know how many of y'all still watch football or baseball or basketball, whatever. But I've learned, you know, watching sports that, you know, if some if somebody's in the top bad and it isn't in the top isn't that the lowest of the good you get rid of the coach you get rid of the leadership because they stink 
But unfortunately, all we do is re- all, all they do in the state of Louisiana is rename the, the, the political party. And look, I'm going to use one. Look, they, they're all over, folks. Even our, our senator, Bill Cassidy, is doing it. Senator Cassidy was a Democrat for years, then come out down here and be a Republican, got into the poli- political spotlight, and now is a U.S. senator and doing everything in his power to stop Trump. Him and Liz Cheney, that's, that's their goal right now. It's not to help the American people. It's not to go ahead and, 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 and make sure that, uh, that the Republican Party flourish. No, it's to stop Donald Trump from being in the White House. Folks, this is what gets me upset about this state. We have way too many uh, lead, uh, politicians in leadership that are true liberal. But because they live in the state of Louisiana, they switch to Republican and they go to their, they go back to their, their districts and they tell them, we're not going to vote with John Bell. We're not going to vote with the left. We're going to make your life. We're not going to, we're not going to even raise taxes. And guess what they do the first year they're in there? Raise taxes. It's sad, folks. And look, 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 like I said, look, this is mostly tours. Talking more about Louisiana, but this is what got me upset this week. That we have Louisiana legislators that are saying we're Republican, we're conservative, we're we're gonna help the Louisiana people, and they don't do diddly squat. But they, they go ahead and they listen to the Black Caucus. They go ahead and they listen to John Bell Edwards. Cause folks, it's not about the Louisiana people. It's about how they can make themselves look good. And it's sad, folks. And look, I'm, I'm calling out the Louisiana Republican Party. Get your act together. Let's stop endorsing people that say we're conservative and we're on the right and we're going to raise taxes. And they do totally opposite. The Louisiana Republican Party is jacked up. Now, we need to do something as Louisiana citizens here. We need to go ahead next election cycles. Let's not vote in these rhinos that are left-wing leaning nuts and not doing nothing for this state but putting us in a deeper and deeper hole and like i said to relate this to all the country that everybody else that is listening to this podcast that might live in texas that might live in other states do the same because look i got a good friend in texas right now and she on her podcast, I just got to say something, Miss Lauren Collins, go check her out. Look, they passed concealed carry. They're not raising taxes. They got some of the best roads. Why? Because their Republican Party leadership there is doing what they told them they were going to do. Not here in Louisiana. We got rhinos that are Republicans. I'll be right back. For delivering material to a job site, Acadiana uses Hayes Dump Truck Services. Since 2011, Hayes has been moving heaven and earth to job sites all over Acadiana with their top-of-the-line dump trucks. Whether it's a huge landscaping job or a pre-construction site, Hayes has the manpower and equipment to move the materials fast, fast. You call, we haul. Dirt, compost, gravel, topsoil, fill sand, and limestone. Call Hayes right now, 852-8043. Hayes Dump Truck Services, where Jesus is Lord of this company.
Welcome back to the Cajun Conservative, guys. As we go ahead and have my very special friend, I call him brother, fellow conservative Scott Ford on the line. Scott, what's going on, my brother? Hey, buddy. Thank you so much for having me back on. It's I, I, I really feel like uh, we should be doing a show together, so it's always good when we're, we're on each other's shows. Well, you're advocating for that, and we have talked about doing something like on Facebook Live or something, but it just... Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, though, you know, and this is behind the scenes stuff. Uh, me and my producer, LB, that helps me on uh, Brothers Just Searching, is looking into ways that we can go ahead and get you, me, and possibly Lauren all on the same channel or the same screen that everybody could hear us, you know, and just try try to do something like that. I know it's possible. It's just, you know, I'm intelligent, but I don't know if I'm that intelligent. I'm still trying to work out the, the bugs. Well, I'm not intelligent. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. <laughs> You're intelligent in other ways, you know. Hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but man, how's everything been going, man? I know I was on your uh, your program a while back, and um, I had fun on that. So, how you been since then? Good. I, I good. I mean, I am frustrated with the way things have been going, and it's a conflict. It's a constant conflict with me because. I, I preach a message of always trying to be positive and, and, and work on your goals. And sometimes, like, look, it's honestly, it just gets frustrating. Like, I just released an episode today as we, as you and I record this. And it's, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm upset. I'm, I'm mad. Like, and I try not to live my life like that. But when you see obvious hypocrisies and double standards that are just so blatant and it, it, it gets frustrating. And sometimes I guess my message was it's kind of hard to, stay focused, to stay happy, to stay positive, even though we still must do that. It, it just gets difficult sometimes. Right, right. And look, we got some good, we had some positive things that happened this week. You know, like uh, the January 6th commission that was supposed to investigate what happened on January 6th at the Capitol didn't fall through. The Republic, Some Republicans did the, the right thing by going ahead and you know, blocking that through the filibuster. But like you said, man, when, when the media is talking about Joe Biden's ice cream and asking what flavor, <laughs> and I look, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Have you ever heard of chocolate, chocolate chip? Chocolate, chocolate chip? Yeah, I think I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a double chocolate. You know, it's the dark chocolate. I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but, but no, man, I look, uh, before we go on, I want to tell you a good friend to this program. We love you. We listen to your show and every chance we get, we go ahead and we advertise what you do and even some things when you tell me, I'll go ahead and I'll bring it up on the show. I, I, I hear it often and I do the same. And I, again, it's all about Avengers Assemble, me, you and Lauren. So. It's great that we advertise each other and and really truly do uh, support and build each other up. I love I I really do. I love I love our little family that we've created with our three shows together. I love it. And see, that's what that's what a lot of people don't like. Everybody asks me why I like podcasting, and this is one that's one of the reasons. You know, uh, being introduced to you and to Lauren, and uh, just you know, just being being together as a podcast family and trying to you know show the world that you know. Uh, Cajuns got intelligence, you know, people from Indiana got intelligence, uh, from Texas, we all, us, us conservatives, we're just not backwood hicks, we know what we're talking about. Well, yeah, and it's, it's really, I just look at it based on just, uh, I, it's so hard to almost define this at times, but it's not about emotion, it's just about pure logic and common sense. Like, most of my ideals and morals and thoughts 
seem they they certainly align to the right. But I've always said this for myself, and I know you've heard me say this. Like I don't necessarily I try to just play it from the middle and just collect information. Like I don't just say, well, I'm on the right, so everything the right says I have to agree with, or just because this person's on the right and they said this, so I'm going to go with that. Uh, I just start in the middle. And, but by far, by far, most of my beliefs and ideals and everything align to the right, because I just feel it's based off of logic and common sense. You know, again, when we got like, you've got these commissions going after what happened on January 6th and, and you've heard the Democrats speak about it nonstop insurrection. And, you know, we got There's still people in solitary confinement from January 6th, but at the same time, they were raising money to bail people out of jail for the constant riots and destruction of cities that happened over the, uh, over last summer. Um, and you can't, you can't, you, your head explodes when you're just like, wait a minute, how can you say one is wrong, but you're bailing out the other side? Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, and, and that's the thing, you know, when they try to cover it, Scott, that that's what gets me upset. Like one congressman said, the reason that it was uh, it was worse on January 6th than on than the rioters in these cities was because it was done at night. The riots, this was done during the day and it had people inside and that that makes it worse than whatever happened in Ferguson, not Ferguson, um, Minneapolis and all these cities, Portland that happened all over the place. Well, listen. I, this is very rhetorical because I, I know you and I think a lot alike on pretty much every single subject. But if I killed you during the day or if I killed you at night, did I still kill you? <laughs> you yeah, know? it's a murder. It doesn't yeah. matter. Right. Day, night. I mean, that's just stupidity to me. Day or night. I, I really? I mean, seriously? And again, kind of taking right off of that, um, the media. The media cares when a white person kills a black person, okay, and, as they should as they should. I will say that to make it very clear. But, oh, a black person kills a black person? Nope. They don't want anything to do with it. A black person kills a white person? Nope. Don't want anything to do with it. So, again, we care, people like me and you, we care if a black person is killed, regardless of who killed them. We also care equally if a white person is killed, regardless of who killed them. But the media doesn't want to touch it. It's, just, it's so sickening. The double standard the hypocrisy it's probably the number one battle cry i have that i'm against i i hate it and they only report one side of it like you said um we we reported a story here at the Cajun conservative and also the daily caller the daily wire a lot of conservative media outlets but you also shared a video on your page about a woman that was pulled over and the first thing that came out of our mouth was you're a racist murderer and you're a racist mm-hmm. cop when she got pulled over. And that's what they're instilling in people through this mentality. Or, do you agree? Oh, yeah. But by far, dude, it, it's the, the it, I mean, I can't even say it necessarily is just in school, but certainly they're they're getting the kids in school now. And it's the con. Yeah. The media is connected to it where it's just constantly filling in people's brains like this lady she was a teacher she was an an educator of children and she was calling uh a hispanic uh heritage he you know uh he uh, he was hispanic by heritage she was calling him like oh you're a mexican racist and and she's like you're never going to be white and then she was like you're trying to murder me and he was the the most respectful person on the planet he kept calling her ma'am he said no ma'am i'm not trying to murder you i'm just you know you're you're illegally using your cell phone while driving but here she is playing the victim and calling him every name in the book. And, and, and I kept thinking, like, this is an educator of children. And she was doing it in front of her child. So it's just the constant loop. Like, 
it, it's a weird society where we live in now where we're promoting criminals to sainthood. And this is very true in the media right now. We're promoting criminals to sainthood and we're making the cops evil. And I just, I can't get on board with that. I won't get on board with that. Yeah, it is disgusting. And look, some of the mindset you was talking about, uh, she was doing that in front of her children. And we we both know that children are very influential of what their parents do. I, um, by any chance, did you hear the interview I did with Officer James Thibodeau a few weeks ago? I did. I listened to every one of your episodes. You, you bet I did. <laughs> but you remember the uh, when he said about when he approached a young man and asked him how he was he was how his day was on Martin Luther King Day, and that young fella said, "Well, they should have shot four more, so we had a whole week off." And they, like he said, that yeah. was the mindset of them kids, and that's what he had to learn that from somewhere. And mm-hmm. that woman doing that, her kids gonna think all cops are racist, all cops are bad, all cops are are are. are you know, are generally evil. It is totally opposite of what that. Do Do you agree with Officer Jim, uh, Officer James Thibodeau's statement on that? That they're influencing kids in the wrong way. I, I know you said a little bit prior to this, uh, to which you, your response on the last question. Listen, it well, absolutely, I agree, and it's. I know, I I I speak of this often, but I know of someone. And I'll, obviously, I'm going to keep the name out of it. But this guy, he thought like me and you as an example. And very much so on pretty much every topic. This guy in his somewhat late 30s went to college. Mm-hmm. Okay, And I'm telling you right now, he uh, he's a white dude. Hates white people <laughs> now. And I'm not joking when I say this. Like, uh, it, 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 He got indoctrinated. And that's the best way I can explain it. Because everyone says, like, what happened to him? He, he literally, he will go on other people's pages and call them racist and you should be ashamed because you're white. Like, and he goes on and on about it. And I always, cause everyone asked me what happened to him? What happened to him? I said, the only thing I can think of is this guy. He went to college in his thirties and he got indoctrinated. Like they brainwashed him. That's the only thing I can think of. Well, and, and colleges are good for that too, though. Um, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about Christian children and they go to, they go to, go to secular college and within two to three years, they're full blown atheists. And I'm not trying to say every professor that's in a college is atheist, but at the same time, majority of them are fighting to take away, you know, basic truths, uh, knowledge of God and all that. And like you said, they, because look, the left, in my opinion, especially in college, is try to denounce your faith in God and take away your conservative views and turn you to a liberal. Oh, God. Oh, by far. And by the way, too, let's just say, for example, what is wrong with God? And here's what I mean by that. Not, not, I'm not asking that question to God, like, what's wrong with God? That's not what I mean. What I mean is, let's just say, for example, you're an atheist and you don't believe in God. What is wrong with the fundamentals of the Bible, of the Ten Commandments, of don't kill, don't lie, don't steal? Like, is that such a bad thing? You know, we're so against that now. Like, what's one of the, um, What's one of the uh, uh, things they talk about in, in, in the Black Lives Matter? Uh, uh, um, I can't think of what uh, the word I'm trying to use right now, but they, they, they're, they're against like the traditional nuclear family. Like, yeah. Why? Why would you be against that? Like, what is wrong? And, and by the way, if you look at statistics and they're all over the place, look at fatherless homes and uh, directly uh, uh, connected to crime, low employment, poverty. It's connect, what, what's wrong with the nuclear family? And again, I ask, like, what's wrong with 
what's wrong with, you know, you may not believe in God, but what is wrong with just Christian-based fundamental principles? It's fine. Like, treat, you know, love your neighbor, treat people with respect. Uh, I mean, it's not, there's nothing wrong with it. Go with it. Even if you don't believe in God, go with it. It's okay. You're not hurting anybody by these Christian principles. It's fine. I don't think it's really the Christian principles, God. You know, I think it's mostly their hatred for someone that they got to answer to. You get what I'm saying? If you believe, not me, I'm a, I'm a six-day creations. I believe God created everything in six literal days about six to 10,000 years ago. Um, I know a lot of people believe in evolution and all that stuff, um, but I, I believe it's mostly of a, you know, they don't have to answer to nobody. And that, that reflects back to the authority that, you know, that is placed upon them on this earth. People don't respect authority because they don't, we don't respect the highest authority. It's not the principles. I think they would agree with the, everybody would agree with the principles, but they won't agree with that one day if they die and they, they, they go meet the Lord, they don't want to account. They don't have accountability from, from the one that created them. I look at it like I'm, I'm a Christian, you know, I've accepted Christ as my savior, but I, I look at it like, look at Jewish people. They don't believe the exact same thing I do, but look at Jewish fundamentals. It's fine. I'm not against, you know, they they stick together as families. They believe in education. Families are intact. Like, they're successful. It's There's a reason for that. But what, again, what's the left trying to do? Break that all up. So even right. though I'm not Jewish, I'm fine with the Jewish principles because there it leads to success. Look at, like, Jewish and, like, Asian principles. It's always about, like, family and education no wonder they're succeeding and kicking everyone's butt basically <laughs> in let's say america or the world right and, and then that, i think that's the problem with america we we got away from our family principles and our families there's a lot of things wrong in america if you, you as you say you listen to the show you and i hear your show we we have a lot of things we don't run out of we don't run short of stories to tell the american people here on these shows but it does one that's one of the main cores is getting rid of the families and and it's sickening. It's sickening because, you know, that's what America was built on. First of all, principles of the Bible. Then they were built on family principles, and it to pull us away from them core values. It hurt in America and our country. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. Like my me, it, it, I'd rather be dead than be divorced. And what I mean by that, in in so many ways too. But just to have my family divided, like I would do everything in my power to keep the family unit together. I, I would hate to like, well, I get my daughter every other weekend or I, I, that would destroy me. It would destroy me as a man because I was raised right. My dad was there. My, I saw my dad working hard and my dad worked so hard, by the way, he had five kids and my dad would get up at three thirty in the morning to go to work. And I'm not joking. And he wouldn't be home until about eight, eight thirty at night, just as we were going to bed. So I like basically growing up, I didn't see my dad a whole lot because of his work schedule, but it was those hard working principles were instilled within me. And even on Saturdays, my dad would work. He didn't work quite as long on Saturday, but then like Sunday, what would my dad do? Yard, you know, mow the lawn. And like, he was a hard worker. And that, that, that was instilled within me because I had a father figure. I had a man figure to look up to and to, to follow, to emulate, you know? Do you think that's why the left is trying to push, you know, um, you know, uh, leftist agendas towards gay marriage and towards, you know, breaking up the, the family, that the divorce rate is high. You know, I heard a story mm -hmm. the other day that Joe Biden and his administration is trying to push for, 
you know, unmarital uh, uh, un sex uh, that, you know, you just go with anybody you want. Do you think that's why they're pushing? Because, like, Kellogg's this week released a cereal that uh, that was like a gay pride um, cereal, whatever. And, look, if you want to live homosexual, that's up to you. That's between you and God, in my opinion. But do you think that's why they're pushing a lot more of the transgender movement, the homosexuality lifestyle, and just, hey, free roam sex and birth control, whatever you want to do, do it as long as you like? I don't know the reasons, the origins of what they're trying to do because it confuses me. The only thing I can think of is when you're just trying to disrupt everything, it's almost like just, I don't, man, I tell you, that's a good question, Isaac, because it's hard, it's hard to figure out what they're trying to do and why they're so against just normal. I, I, I don't know, man. I really don't because I, I guess it's just tear everything down and then rebuild it the way we want it to be. So in other words, just, I think a lot of like the whole cancel culture, the wolf culture, I think some of it is, I really not, I'm not joking. I think it's mostly these so-called quote unquote woke people. These, and I think it's mostly white people. And I think what they do is they just try to, they throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And I think some of it is they're, they literally throw it at the wall and they're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that caught on. Like I was actually going to do an experiment on my show. I just haven't thought of an actually what to do yet. I wanted to see if I could start like, a fake rumor and see if it spread around the world in, in the sense of like, <laughs> let's say this is offensive. Like as an example, this is just off the top of my head, this one. Like, let's say Superman is racist and here's, and it's a white supremacy type thing. And the reason why is because he's white and they're saying he's Superman. Like he's, he's, he's superior to all other, other humans because he's a white straight male because he, you know, he loves Lois Lane. So now again, that, that's just a quick example off the top of my head. But wouldn't it be interesting to see if we could push that narrative just to see how far it goes and then sit back and go, oh, my gosh, people are actually buying this. Like, it was, it's a joke, but people are buying into it. So I think a lot of it is people are just, I think they really do. They throw it at the wall, see if it sticks, and then they sit back and go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that actually works. Because some of the things you see that people are offended by, it's like there's no way you're actually offended by this. You're lying. You are literally lying by, about this. Yeah, whoever would have thought that Pepe Le Pew would have been canceled? I'm just, you know. <laughs> right, right. So. And, and the, the, the inconsistencies, too. You know, the Me Too movement. You know, all about the Me Too movement. But then, oh, Joe Biden, he's got things against him. Oh, we're done with the Me Too movement now. Let's, let's, let's move on. We're done with it. Like, it's just, there's no, it's the hypocrisy, the double standards. It's those things that ruin it for me. I saw so many people go after things. I've used Snoop Dogg as an example. He's on a hit show right now. He still sells millions of albums. Um, but he was on Howard Stern's show years ago. And you can find this if you look for it, talking about how he used to beat women with shoes. And it was a joke. They were laughing about it. And um, how he had, I'm quoting him, he had hoes in his stable. Like, so in other words, he was like a pimp and he was pimping chicks out. So basically uh, 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 sexual slavery, you know, and um on and on and it was all a big joke and it's all funny but he's on Dorito commercials with um oh, I forgot her name now um but Martha Stewart you know and he's uh uh he's on hit shows and it's fine but it's, it's really selective how they how they pick people Justin Bieber he gets he, cultural appropriation because he has dreadlocks um oh my gosh how offensive but Beyonce has long blonde straight hair like can we have some consistency here well you 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 won't because it 
like I said, it, it there's a lot of things that we report that a lot of things in the mainstream media won't. Well, it'll see maybe one report, or it'll take five minutes to cover. But it's not it, all the neg- neg- negativity towards conservatism and to all the positivity towards the left. You know, and no, you bringing that up. Let's let's talk about the commission one more time. Last night I was uh, no Thursday night I was eating supper with my family at a restaurant, and they had CNN, and CNN was saying Republicans caved to Trump because they didn't want to vote on this commission. But like you said, how many how many times the Democrats have done that on the on the side with the filibuster and blocked a lot of things Republican and Trump wanted to do, but you didn't hear about it on the media because it benefited the left and not the, uh, it didn't benefit Trump. It been, uh, it didn't benefit Trump, right? Oh, my gosh, the things that they just went after him for and AOC crying at the border, fake pretend those tears. I mean, it was just it was so phony. Now we've got the situation worse at the border. Where is she? Where's Kamala Harris? Where, where's the outrage from the media when they're putting so-called kids in cages? Like, it's just it's just it's so funny. And, and again, we see it, but we try to call it out. And then the instant that, oh, you're racist, like it just go right, right to the racism thing. But yet. Uh, I don't find one conservative, I've said this so many times, that hates Candace Owens. Everyone loves Candace <laughs> Owens, except who hates Candace Owens? The left. You know, so God forbid, like, the most dangerous person to them is a is a, a black person who is a conservative, you know, because they have brains and they can think on their own. Right. Well, they, they came against Terrell Williams for that. The comedian that's on uh, Facebook, they banned him for a month off of Facebook because all he did was say, I support Trump, and he called the hypocrisy like we're doing right here. Yep, yep. God forbid he thinks for himself. Like he's then, what about Uncle Tim? You know, right. thank God they were calling him Uncle Tim. Like, was that the right calling him Uncle Tim? No, I don't think so. I think that was the left. So, and again, we, I, I love, I love the whole, that the racism part is absolutely just disgust me because it's, it's wrong. And then the other part where uh, they always talk about the right being fascist. Well, who, who's the one canceling? Who, where's the cancel culture from? Who's right. ripping down statues? Who's like, it's not the right doing that. It's not. It's the left. Yeah, they 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 take everything way extreme. Like you know, we mentioned Pepe Le Pew, but we can mention you know Dr. Seuss. We can mention all kinds. Of, like I said, uh, this week they want to cancel um, uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines because they they're against. Uh, critical race theory but like you said you have teachers that go on ahead and call police officers uh racist and they're not even they're not even white it is their uh, mexican uh, heritage you can't even the whole idea behind critical race theory is it's racist it's it, it, th- right. that's a fact you can't you can't deny that you know like you're supposed to somehow some way just believe because you were born like you have little kids i have an eight-year-old daughter I'm supposed to somehow, some way believe that my daughter is responsible for racism, for slavery, for stuff that she knows nothing about, stuff that she doesn't buy into or believe at all. Um, I've said this story many times where um, not so much now my daughter's getting a little bit older, but back a couple years ago, you know, whatever the deal is, like she would do chores and we would, okay, let's go buy you a doll. Or she would save up enough money from birthdays or whatever. Let's go, let's go to the store. You can pick out a doll. We never once said, you have to pick a white doll. You have to pick a doll that looks like you. My daughter has black dolls, Asian dolls, white dolls. We, it, because mostly my daughter would just go off of like, she loved the pretty dress or she loved their hair. That's how she went off of it. So she has dolls of every color. And, um, but somehow, some way she's supposed to feel guilty or responsible for racism or for um, slavery. And 
So the whole idea behind that is just ridiculous. And I refuse, I'm against critical race theory. It's racism. It's absolute racism. I would be against if they were trying to teach in schools that black people are evil. I would be equally against it. Right. That's wrong. Critical race theory is racist and it's wrong. So I am absolutely against it as well. Now, now you now what I'm about to ask you is fits into this because a mayor of a city that you work in, Chicago, uh, said I think two weeks ago or a week and some ago that on her anniversary of her 100 days or whatever many days she was in office, it was way too long to begin with, um, that she was not going to talk to no Caucasian reporters. She just wanted to talk to blacks, Asian, and other, you know, other races, except one was white. So you, you just said you're against that. So you was against that statement from the jump, correct? Yeah. I mean, look at, just imagine it take any white mayor. I mean, I'm always just reverse it. And if it's, if it's racist that way, then it's racist the other way. So if you just took anybody, it, it, God forbid, can you imagine if Trump said, I'm only going to let a uh, white journalist interview me, the cities would burn to the yes. ground. Um, I don't believe in reverse racism. I don't think there's no, such a thing. If you ask me, as reverse, it's, it's you're either it's racism. Period. That's it. There is no reverse racism. So she's a racist. Uh, she's disgusting. Um, she's terrible. Uh, look at the Democrat-run cities. They always run right into the ground. Poverty, crime. I mean, uh, it's it, yeah. It's that's just so wrong on so many levels. But do, does the media care? Do the people care? No, it's fine. I mean, it's talked about a little bit for the most part. So everybody's fine with it. It doesn't matter. I got you. I got you. Well, Scott, we only got a few more minutes left with you. I wanted to go ahead and get you to tell your tell this audience about your show, why you started your show, and where they can find your show. Uh, well, thanks for that. The show started a few years ago on FM radio, and then it started as really just, it's weird because I guess I've kind of been thrust into uh, what you'd call the political arena, more or less, but it started out as a, a success show, and I still... I still definitely fancy it still as a success show because it, it's based off of that, but it slowly evolved into like a, um, I guess just calling out hypocrisy and calling out double standards. And, and a lot of that came from just being topical. So I would look at the news and I would look at things that interested me and then I would start to call out hypocrisy. So I moved it in, uh, to a podcast. I did that for about four years. And then roughly close to about a year ago, I moved it to YouTube. So now you can find it's the Scott Ford show on YouTube. So there's, it's based on, I mean, there's some comedy elements to it. There's definitely, um, success elements. I like to push success. And because I, I believe the, the success principles that I talk about and push, they're for everyone and they apply to everybody. And, um, a lot of it is, I don't, I still don't consider myself necessarily a political show. I do consider it just basically um calling out hypocrisy and double standards so that's it that automatically dives into the political arena but not really by choice it just that's what that i just call things as i see it so it's a very honest show um and i definitely i will uh, i'm not afraid of i'm not pandering like john cena did you know where like i feel like i have to say something because that's what's the popular thing I will say what's on my mind, and I don't care if it offends people. I really don't care. I, I'm anti-cancel culture. Yeah, and then that's that's that, that that's a good way to put it. And then the, I know you've been getting some flack back from a couple of people, so you've been telling me about that. Uh, just but just keep the fight up, my brother. Keep keep doing what you're doing. You're doing you you evidently doing a good job. You got a lot of people behind you. It's the, yeah, it's, it's 
it's a slow roll, but yeah, I've been called racist many times with, with that stands on nothing just because of the fact that I guess most of my beliefs are uh, of, of a conservative nature, but yeah, I'm, I'm honored to be on your show again. And um, it, uh, I'm honored to call you friend. And, and I love, like I said, I love our family with me, you and Lauren, and let's continue to promote and push each other and, and build each other up. Yeah, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Passing the torch for freedom, you know? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And when people say, man, y'all weird, you know, I, I tell people, well, look, you got to look to the big dogs if, you know, you want to go ahead and follow their example. Uh, when Rush Limbaugh died, you heard Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, and all these great commentators that are on the radio and big conservative radio hosts said they're going to miss having talks with Rush. And that, that's like us, you know, hey, we talk to each other, we encourage each other up, and that's if the if the professionals do it, hey, we're doing it, we're doing something right. Yeah, and I see big things for me, you and Lauren. I really do. I th- I think we're gonna we're gonna go far, and and um because again, it's it's the things we talk about. They apply to everybody. I love everyone, and I would never judge someone based on color of skin. It's the most ridiculous thing on the planet. I'm I'm fully against racism. Um, I I, I support everyone. I just want I just like good people. I like good people. And the funny story is this goes back to me and you when I first met you. I never saw you. I didn't know what you looked like. And I thought you were a black guy. And I loved you. Just I was almost disappointed <laughs> to find out you were a white guy. You know, I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Good talking point. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, Scott, it was, a, it was a pleasure meeting you. And look, we got to give kudos to who, you know, what is due is Curtis Harper for getting us together. You know, Ed, I was a, I, I remember that day when I walked into cons to pick up a television and my phone went off and it was Curtis messaging me about you. So. Yeah, you know, if we're relating um, us as like the Avengers, he's be- he's definitely our Nick Furry because yes. he's the one who's yes. kind of like I'm a- I'm assembling a team, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, look, hey, he got his own thing too. He had a good guest the other day on his uh, Facebook, so we're gonna give him props to where props is due. Yeah, I want to see Curtis doing a show too. I think I think I talked to him a little bit about it, not a whole lot yet, but I definitely have talked to him about it, and uh, I'd like to see him doing a show because I think he's a He's, he's 20 years old, he's a good kid, and he's got a good head on his shoulders, and I think he's got the right mindset. Like, he's pushing for success, and I, I want to help him uh, build something up, too. Oh, yeah, man. Hey, I'll, let me know if he does anything. I'll help him out as much as I can as well. You know, and that's on air, so all my listeners are listening, so I, I can't say I didn't, so. Well, he's the Nick Furry of our team, so we definitely have to include him into the Avengers Assemble. We got to, we got to get him <laughs> an eye patch. Scott, we want to thank you for coming on, man. It's always a pleasure you coming on the KG Conservative I, I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, you're a good brother, and I'm, I'm proud to call you friend. Same here, my brother. Until next time, man. All right, buddy. Have a good one. You too. That was Scott Ford from the Scott Ford Show. If you want to go ahead and listen to his show, he is on YouTube. So go ahead and check it. We'll be right back with our third and final segment right after this.
How you doing, everybody? Welcome back to the Cajun Conservative for this third and final segment. Um, I want to go ahead and say again, thanks to Mr. Scott Ford from the Scott Ford Show for coming down, uh, coming, you know, and being part of this program today. Always love having Scott on and, you know, getting his insights on a lot of things that are going on today. You can always go find Scott again on YouTube at the Scott Ford Show. And, you know, just sitting here and talking with him, it just it just amazes me. You know, like, people call this man a racist. And, you know, every time he tells me that that he thought I was a, a black conservative, you know, and he, like he said, he said, I realized, he's like, oh, man, you know, it kind of uh, made him disappointed, but it's not its not about the point of me being white or black. It really don't matter. He didn't really care what my color was. He agreed with my principles, and he also loved me for who I was. He didn't have to see me to say, man, I like his views or, you know, I like what he stands for. All he did was... Was you know he 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 said look if this is if this is a black guy white guy I don't care. But it's sad when you take a stand for conservatism, and you take a stand for, you know, what's right. People want to put the label on you. You're racist. You're a homophobe. You're something of that nature. But this man, I can honestly say, is not a racist. He is a he's a great friend. I'm glad to call him brother. I'm glad to do shows with him. And you know, we did a show on his. Uh, we did a segment on his show a few days, uh, well, a few weeks ago now. And I enjoyed it. I love being part of his program. I know he loves being a part of my program. And I just want to say thank you again, Scott, for what you do for this movement. So, all right. So I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the January 6th Commission. And look, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and talk about Joe Manchin for a little bit because it was asked if this January 6th commission wouldn't go the way that the Democrats did. He did would he go ahead and change his mind and vote against the filibuster and he told him no. And look, I do commend Phil Manchin for that. Because this is how this commission was stopped. If this commission would have went through, it would have hurt our country more than anything. Now, I know a lot of my friends that are leaning more to the left would tell me, Isaac, the only reason you think it would be bad because it would indoctrinate, it would, uh, it would indict Trump. And it would show that Trump was the, 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 the founding start of this. He, he provoked people to take to the riots, take to the streets, and go take over the government, which Trump never said. You know, I never thought, I never heard of a dictator or somebody that wants to take over a government tell his followers, go peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. You know, they usually say, hey, go, let's take down the government. Let's go ahead and redo it and I'll be your leader. Trump didn't say that. Trump wanted due process, and to be honest with you. Because everything leading up to January 6th, all these cases, you don't have standing. Which, you know, this is, uh, apparently voting is the only thing that nobody has a standing on. The, the, the states don't have standing. The citizens don't have standings. The candidate don't have standing. Or none of it. And that's, that's, but the Democrats, every case they bring up, they have standing for some odd reason. But this January 6th commission... 
That was they were trying to investigate what happened and what led to January six. Um, it, it, I'm glad it got shot in the water because, like I said, it would hurt this country more than anything. I think the Republicans did right by filibustering this. Now, don't get me wrong. It wasn't all Democrats that voted for it. They even had some Republicans. And if you listen to my first segment, I talked about how in this great state of Louisiana, we have Republicans that say they're Republicans, but don't do nothing to benefit the Republican Party or their state. They go ahead and they do everything to benefit John Bell Edwards and everything. And we have the same thing in, this, in Washington, D.C., folks, on a national level. I believe the count was, uh, I'm, I'm looking it up to make sure, I think it was either 54 or 56. And the only way that that would happen was it'd be Republicans voted for it. And I'm going to go ahead and call these Republicans out because... I don't think it's right that you being a Republican, go ahead and size with the left. It, it's sad. It, it really is. Now, look. Yeah, correction. The vote was 54 to 35. Just six Republicans joined with Democrat. The, uh, Senator Susan Collins of Maine. Lisa Muskowski from, uh, from Alaska. Mitt Romney from Utah. Ben Sass from Nebraska and Rob Portman from Ohio, and yes, our own. It's it, it, it hurts me to say this, but even from my own state of Louisiana, the Cajun conservatives own Bill Cassidy voted for this. Now I'm not I'm not taking pride in what he did. I'm condemning him for what he did. Now these six Republicans have a track record right now of voting for everything that is against the conservative movement. Now, you had people on the right on the, on the right saying, well, we should maybe investigate this. We should. The reason they didn't do it is because the Democrats wrote this up and it was going to bash every. It was going to bash the Republican Party. No, that's like you. That's like you going to a store and saying, I'm going to pick my own poison. It's it's it, it's ridiculous, folks. And this this commission right here was to hurt the Republican Party, not to help it. And you know, I, I like how they called this. This commission was supposed to be a bipartisan commission. I would like to. Re- I wonder who would be in charge of picking these people. Would it be the Nancy Pelosi? Or would they ask Kevin McCarthy to do something? Or they would ask Mitch McConnell? Nine out of ten it would have been Nancy Pelosi and Chucky Schumer. Now, do you really think how bipartisan that would have been? You would have had middle to left-leaning Republicans investigating, not true conservatives. They wouldn't ask Tom Cotton. They wouldn't have asked Tim, uh, Tim Scott. They wouldn't have asked Ted Cruz. They definitely wouldn't ask Rand Paul. They wouldn't ask nobody. They wouldn't ask nobody that would have said, they, hold on, hold on, let's look, let's look at all the facts, okay? They started ramming the Capitol while Trump was still talking. It would have took them, I think, over an hour to two hours to walk from where Trump was to the, uh, to the Capitol steps. 
There was just a lot of there was a lot of questions surrounding January 6th that just didn't fit. Now, I'm not gonna sit here and say there was some Trump supporters. Because nine out of ten Trump supporters saw them ramming up and they got into the moment and they went run too. Now, I, I shared this story on a group page, uh, Citizens for Better Louisiana, on my Facebook page. And a lot of people, there was one comment on there that made a lot of sense. You know, where was the weapons for this insurrection? You know, usually if, you, if there's an insurrection or somebody's trying to take over the government, you're going to have a gun or two. You're going to have an army storm it to take over. Nobody had a gun. The only ones that had a gun was Capitol Police, and they shot an unarmed woman. You, you didn't, you didn't, this is not, this, this whole January 6th commission would have said, I already, I already know what it would have said. Trump was the culprit. Trump was wrong. And we should go ahead and make sure Trump does not run again in 2024. Folks, the whole issue before 20, uh, before 2020 was to get Trump out of office. For three years, everything they did didn't work. They tried, a, they tried a sex scandal. They tried tax invasion. They tried everything, and it wouldn't work. You know what ultimately put Trump out of office was COVID-19 because the media went ahead and fatuated lies to get Trump out of office. You know what the goal is for these six Republicans and the Democrats this time around? It's not to get Trump out of office. It's to keep Trump from coming back into office. Because they know in 2024, people are going to be fed up with Joe Biden's baloney, and they're going to go ahead and vote Trump back in. They're not going to go ahead and vote in, you know, Kamala Harris, or they're going to vote in somebody of the left. And look, Joe Biden's going to be 84. I don't even know how long Joe Biden's going to be in there, to be honest with you. We and Scott talked about it earlier. The, the media was trying to get some questions. They weren't asking about the border crisis. They weren't asking about things that, 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 that really were important. They were asking him, oh, sir, what kind of ice cream you got in your ice cream comb? This is the second time. They, I don't know what, 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 what's the fatuation with, with Joe Biden eating ice cream? This is the second time a story pops up like this. And I asked Scott that, but it, 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 he started a chocolate, a chocolate, a chocolate chip. I didn't know they had a, they didn't, a double chocolate chip. I don't know. But the media went ahead and talked to Joe Biden and asked him what kind of ice cream he was eating. The ice cream, folks. We got migrants coming over the border. We got, you know, we had somebody hack a, 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 a pipeline in this country. There's so, look, Kamala Harris has not given a press conference in over 70 days concerning the border crisis, and she's supposed to be in charge of it. But they want to go ahead and, and, and look, they know that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris isn't probably going to get another term. Then again, we don't know. They might try to fix it like they did last time. Because, you know, according to Dr. Fauci, we, we, we solved COVID right now. But there might be another disease come up. That's, and that's the whole thing, folks. If another disease pops up, is the Democrat Party trying to get back into power? I know it. You can call me a conspiracy theorist. You can call me whatever you want. But it's kind of funny that Corona started right in the right at the election year, isn't it? Not now. Look, I'm not calling. My, I'm not calling it facts. I'm just calling apples. What's what it is? Apples. 
It, it, it goes to the point, they, and going back to that, they're trying to stop Trump from running in 2024. When Liz Cheney, the congresswoman for Wyoming, comes out and says, my goal is not to get Trump near the Oval Office, and Bill Cassidy goes on a podcast, and they ask him, if he's the nominee, will you support Trump? And Bill Cassidy plainly says that he will not be the nominee. What he was saying was, no, I would not support him. The goal of this, these six Senate Republicans and all the rhinos from Congress is to stop Trump from running in 2024. See, they liked Bush because Bush fit into this global world economy and this global world, you know, one world order stance. They didn't like Trump because Trump was America first. And this whole commission, this whole commission was not to go ahead and find out the truth. It was, it was a way to investigate and to give him a subpoena power to say, how can we stop Trump in 2024? That's what it is, folks. All, look, and I'm seeing, I, I just can't, I don't know who in their right mind would have thought that these six were great conservatives. See, in Louisiana, I did, I'm going to be honest. I was I voted for Bill Cassidy. If you look at our election cycle, we don't do like normal states. We don't have a primary where we pick the best Republican candidate to go up against the best Democrat candidate. No, we do open primaries, what it's called on election day. Anybody can run. It don't matter if you're from the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, the Kangaroo Party, it don't matter. You can run. And if you don't if a candidate don't get over fifty percent on the on election day, we go to runoffs. I looked at all the candidates, and look, Bill Cassidy was running wild. You didn't think nobody was running against Bill Cassidy, and I said, "Look, that's the best way. To, that's the best way." And look, Trump likes him, and look, I was fooled by that. Bill Cassidy running around, I'm Trump's guy. I'm Trump's guy. I'm Trump's guy. You know, I'm upset, and look, I'm not the only one. Go look at my page, uh, the Cajun Conservative Show on Facebook. Or go join the group, Citizens for a Better Louisiana. And look at, look at all the stories that are on there concerning all these rhinos. I talked about a whole segment of Louisiana rhinos in the legislators. In the legislative. That is in the House of Representatives and the Senate of the state of Louisiana. They're all Bill Cassidy type folks. And that's what Bill Cassidy did. Bill Cassidy was a Democrat for years. Didn't come back and be a Republican. Yeah, it was over 20 years ago, but it still faced the facts. Bill Cassidy and all these six Republican senators and all those all them uh, representatives from the House of the U.S. government, their goal is in line with the Democrats right now, to stop Trump from running in 2024. That's, how, that's, that's, that's their goal. The left and the rhino's goal is to stop Trump. And that's what this commission was for. This commission, like I'm going to say it again, this commission was not meant to stop, to find out the truth. It was to go ahead and find something dirty on Trump to get Trump not to run again. Now, we have a responsibility as United States citizens in your respective state to vote out these rhinos. I'm going to mention them again. We had Susan Collins, Lisa Mikowski, Mitt Romney, Bill Cassidy, Ben Sass, and Rob Portman. 
that voted for this commission. Next election cycle, let's not put them in there. Let's take them out. If you're listening from any of those states, listen to your good friend, the Cajun Conservative. And let's get this country back the way it needs to go. I want to thank you for listening to the Cajun Conservative. As always, Jesus is king. He's never going to be dethroned, and he's coming back one day. Are you ready for his coming? Until next time, I want to thank Scott Ford, Lauren Collins, and everyone else that supports this podcast. You're much appreciated. Until next time, you have a good week.